How's everybody today? Um, I'm okay. Cheers. <clears throat> yeah, no, everything's everything's good. Like they just um, they put a ceiling on on rent prices here um, last year, and it was like a, a local uh, because of the pandemic. No, just because the the prices were like getting very high, right? And then the whole made, city, or just in your neighborhood, or the whole, the whole city, and wow. and then it went to the to the highest court in Germany, and just like the day before yesterday, they they said, okay, we, you can't do that, and so now the prices are back, and we have to pay like the last uh, eight months of uh, the difference. We have to pay it back within two weeks. Really? Yeah. That <laughs> so, sucks. So, but we knew that, so we we saved that. Even saving it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's bogus. Yeah, I, and I think, but I think that needs to just be like a, a, a countrywide um, solution to this problem, you know. That it can only go up a certain percentage. Yeah, I mean, there, there is something like that, but still, um, somehow the um, people that manage those buildings find a way to raise raise the prices anyway, and it's it's I mean, it's interesting because Berlin was a place where uh, rent was very cheap for a very long time. And um, so only only when I moved here, things started to get out of control. Right. So like like my initial initial um, contract was still okay, um, but then I even even that initial contract, I turns out was two hundred euros, so which is like thirty percent over what was allowed uh, officially. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Wow. Wow. Cool. So I, I'm going to ask you questions today. Wonderful. <laughs> Actually, I don't. I don't have questions. I just want to go. I just want to find out about your background that I don't know about. Okay. Like, like, when did when did Marcus start? Um, or, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm joking. But um, like music, when did it when did it start for you? Like, you know, I, I remember um, listening to the uh, White Album by the Beatles as a child. I don't remember because I must have been, been able to put on the record myself. Right. So I, I don't know how old I must have been, but I remember singing into like some, I mean, some, that's toy, a some toy microphone or something. And <laughs> that's a hell of a record for a kid. Yeah. Yeah, it was was pretty pretty inspiring back then. I, In I fact, guess that might be the that might be. I mean, I don't know, but to me, that might be the record that goes everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like it might be the it might have been the first record that just went everywhere from like Mother Nature's Son to Helter Skelter to how how often did you listen to Revolution Number no. Nine as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You know, the the track that I remember listening to was Hey Jude. Yeah. 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 And then there's that. That's like uh yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so what what do you th you think you were like four or something or yeah, something like that. Yeah. 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 And well, you know, the the thing is that like for me the the the, the timing of things is, is not clear anymore. I don't really uh -huh. exactly what happened first, but there is a there's this system in place here. Um which is based on Karl Orff's teachings, 
which is kind of like, and I don't know what you would call it, musikalische Früherziehung, so early early education in music. Like kind, right? kind, called, kinder music kind of a thing. It's like, yeah, but but it, it's not actually not not kinder music, you're not child, you know, uh, children's music, but it's it's like this idea that you have the um, uh, offshore instrumentarium, which is the, which is slight mallet, like small mallet instrument, but you don't get the full set of pitches. You just get one pitch to start with. Right. Awesome. So you just get an A or whatever it was, right? And then you know, like I don't know at which intervals that you know you get a second pitch. Right. So and and I can you know I can. Are you still, in a group or are you in a? It was in a group, so it was like once once per week in the afternoon, and I remember it was at the very top of a building where it was like six floors up, and like you know, as a little kid, like walking up there was kind of quite something, and and so. Um, yeah, the only thing that I remember was really like the, those individual elements. And then mm -hmm. you also the glockenspiels, you could take the bars off, right? And you could have just a couple bars. And that's what I had at home. And they had like these um, these toy, like like toy pianos, but they were actually glocken, actual glockenspiels inside. So that was chromatic already. I remember wow. they had some of those there. But so, but this this whole idea of just having like one pitch and kind of like diving into that one pitch—that's something that's still very much with me. And did did uh, did what was there uh, um, was there movement or language with it or? Yeah, everything. Everything. I guess I can't. I really don't remember much at all. But it was. Um, and I did. I never researched, uh, you know, because it's it's actually a thing, right? Like there are yeah, maybe books yeah. about it, right? right so, right. Um, so, but it it was. Um, I remember the the lady from Marissa, and she was. Um, yeah, it, it's it's so funny because I don't remember much at all, and and even like when I when I remember the room, I only, I can only go right. as far as the bubble around me. Nothing. Right. Right. Bubble. Right. But 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 it, but you have you, you still have an impression of it. It's not yeah. just a, the story of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's still still have an impression, and I think it must have been like one or two years before I then went to the uh, you know to play recorder. Uh, that was like right. a recorder class. That was kind of like the second step. And this step. wasn't in, this wasn't in school. This was like extra. It's an extra thing. Yeah. And but you know why? You know why your parents did that. For for some reason they saw value in that. Or was so, it was it kind of was it uh, was it? Do you think it was a uh, um, like they made a special choice, or was it just kind of in the culture that? No, it was certainly a special choice, because like um, you know, like my father's uh, family was poor, and my mother's family was doing okay. They they had you know like teachers and also like a lawyer even in the in the in the family, but. My father's side, they were poor, right? So um, there was, um, there's really not much sense of um, of education or cultural education in my family at all. And like my parents didn't play any musical instruments. And my my mother loved loves music, so um, I guess that that she must have been a driving force there. But I right. don't know. But but both my parents, they always supported me, like which is. Kind of amazing and they they didn't really know what they were doing so i find that extra extra amazing right and you know for a while it was kind of like an interesting um topic you know because they then my father was saying like uh, you know if i had known that you would right like 
to yeah. music all your life you know i wouldn't have like it's just as a joke but you know i wouldn't have sent you there like but but it's uh oh, you would <laughs> oh i see yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to send you to rodeo camp because cowboys turn out bad. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And um, yeah, but it was um, yeah, it was really. I remember going to to the recorder class. I still remember where that room was, sort of. And I, you know, like at that time, and even up until I was eighteen, nineteen, um, I had never even understood the concept of practicing anything or something. You know, it was even in school like i never i really i can't re even remember doing my homework ever you would just be you would just be doing the thing i would just be doing it yes you're not you weren't prepping for anything you were just doing it yeah but the reason is like i wasn't particularly good at things but if i had known that if you practice you get better i would have done it mm -hmm. and i think it was part of that of that education that particularly when i then well probably with the recorder but then after i started playing mandolin you know, just an instrument tuned in fifths, interestingly enough. So first what, how, thing old, how, how, how old were you? Maybe nine, I think, eight, nine, something like that. So it was, was, the, was the mandolin around or, or what, why did you, why did you? Because it was, uh, it was something they offered at the school. Oh, I, I see, I see. Right? And so it was kind of like, uh, I, I, my parents must have asked me and it was something that I sort of like picked and, um, yeah, so you know, it was like the 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 first thing with the Glockenspiel and stuff was at four or five years, then six, seven, maybe was the recorder, and then eight, nine, ten, eleven, something like that was uh, was the the mandolin. So you didn't play the guitar? No, I had my first guitar lesson on my birthday uh, in '87, so third uh, of September '87. I was fifteen. So you played in fits for how long? On, on the mandolin. On the mandolin, well, now it's forty years now. But I mean, before mandolin, you back back then, back then, before, um, you, before you switched to guitar, or like, before like, you... like six years. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it's 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 funny. You know, like, but but even like these things, I would, didn't really understand back then. Like, mm -hmm. okay, it's tuned fifth, it's tuned fourth. Like, there was wow, no here's the notes. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was no understanding about like what would be better or blah blah blah. And you know, I was reading. Um, you know, there was a guitar orchestra and like traditionally the guitar orchestra has mandolins in it, which is interesting because it's called guitar orchestra, but it has mandolins in it right? or, or mandolas, you know? Um, and, and so I played mandolin in the guitar orchestra for quite a few years. And only uh, later when I was maybe 16, 17, and I had uh, had guitar lessons for a year or so, then I started playing guitar in the guitar orchestra. Right. Um, but so for me, tuning and like like reading, it was was it was natural. I mean, I wasn't great at it, but I could decipher things, you know. Right, right. But but also there, I can't remember ever sitting down at home with an instrument, uh, playing through any of that stuff. I only I always did it just there yeah. in the moment when I needed yeah. to. And that's so interesting because you know, in a certain way, uh, like if you show a kid how to practice, you could actually wreck it. Maybe, you know, I mean, not a guy like you, that's the thing. Like you, you probably would see that you, you, I mean, you, you might see the key and, and I guess I kind of did too, but, um, you know, that, that you want to play, you want to play a game, but, um, you've got to put 10 times more hours of playing it into getting ready to, to play the game. You might just, you know, 
Yeah, but you see, like when I was 10, and um, like my, my uncle and my mother took me to uh, a rock concert, which was like uh, very lucky, it was Mike Oldfield. So it wasn't just a pure rock concert, it was amazing. Like, a, what, where was that? And it was in Essen, Germany. So, um, about two hour drive so it was 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 an effort to get there and like like i said i was i was not even 10 i was why did did she take you um we well you know my my uncle he was kind of like the guy who brought music into the house he had a he had a record collection and he it was the late you know late 70s early 80s and he had good records like just uh, he, he liked music and that's where i first became aware of the fact that there was something like a uh, like like when I was putting the the Beatles record on, I didn't really yet understand that there's a whole world of music out there. But then a few, you know, like six years later, maybe um, my uncle had the collection, and then he played he played me um, a Mike Oldfield record, Five Miles Out, which had just come out in '82, and I mm-hmm. liked that a lot. And then I, I had a tape with tubular bells on it, and so and my mother was a big fan at that point. Also, like we both kind of like fell in love with that music at the same time, my mother and I somehow. And when there was the concert, they actually, they took me, which is incredible. Like, wow. yeah. And um, it's almost, I can picture it almost being, almost being too much for a 10 year old, not nowadays, but back then, you know, like the, it, it was, it was certainly uh, really, uh, it left such a big impression. Right. And, um, but it was interesting because like there's one, um, or a couple pieces on which Oldfield actually plays the mandolin mm. in during or played the mandolin during that show, and somehow I kind of like I had this. That was like the first time where I saw sort of like like beaming myself into that person, like mm. trying to kind of like what does it feel like or what does it feel like to look into the audience, like you know, like something like that, or just the 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 excitement of performance and somehow um, was already uh, kind of becoming apparent. And then back then I, I already understood there was this one guy who does all of this, right? So this one guy who composes, who plays, who, you know, is the band leader and produces the records and everything. And so when I returned, when we uh, returned home from the course, I knew I wanted to have a keyboard for some reason, mm-hmm. right? I wanted to have keys and I had before that, I, you know, maybe there was like a, like a friend of my grandmother and she had like a piano at home and maybe I, I played a few notes there, but I didn't have a concept at all. And then my, yeah. Yeah. And then my parents got me like a a small Yamaha keyboard, like, like two and a half octaves, like small keys or something like that. And I remember that there, I, or there I, I was, and that's, you know, uh, going back to the idea of practice or practicing, uh, my practicing was, um, the initial practice was not about technique or anything. It was about like, what does it sound like? What if I go from this combination of keys to that combination of keys? And and then pretty early on, I, I learned things like, okay, like going like from C minor to an A minor, like these, you know, further apart, like the medians, you know, that kind of thing. And, and it was, it was, was interesting because I, I really was drawn to that. And it was also the time then of the, the mid eighties where you had, um, bands like level 42 or uh even depeche mode which kind of like they had these kinds of interesting chord sequences mm-hmm. like at that time in the 80s there were these 
these, yeah. these modulations yeah. and stuff, right? And, yeah. Yeah. and and so I really picked up on that and really loved that. And and that was and that's why I still say that my initial um, inspiration for for becoming a musician is actually that the sound world itself, like even removed removed from the timbre or the sound of the sound but the the, the combination of pitches right so it didn't matter if it was Would you a, say that's the the um like the architecture of the yeah the architecture yeah exactly. okay yeah yeah but it's more than architecture because because you can you can kind of like replace the sound well well maybe it's architecture but you know the 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 structure with the 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 um uh uh, the relationships would stay the same, right? So you could have a string sound or an oboe sound or whatever you would, you know, and and that's why I think I have become very good at sort of like working with that architecture because I can still, up to this day, imagine music without sound. Mm -hmm. And it sounds stupid to say that, but it is, it is in my case, it's possible somehow. Like I have this... Do you, you don't hear like sign tones or something, do you? Or no. do you, is it even here? It's not even necessarily hearing. Is it, is it, uh, it's not hearing, no. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's more like you could say it's more like the, uh, the voice leading. Mm. It's more like, okay, like where does this move? Like, does this move like a half step or a whole step? Or, you know, that's kind of like how I, um, how the this how the sound that is not a sound is represented it's like movement of voices mm. right mm. yeah and um yeah so and that that was the first time like after that first concert um so are you, are you still talking like 11 years old this, this was 10 years old yeah okay yeah yeah and then you know there was the upgrade to like a like a bigger keyboard with like normal sized keys and like five and a half because it is kind of an i mean it is it is access to the orchestra not not i don't mean this the actual orchestra but it's like with all those pitches all laid out like that suddenly the piano is an, a, a kind of orchestra right like you yeah certainly certainly it is and you know like the the kind of keyboard instrument um it was like the um what like this um it, the German word is Alleinunterhalter, so like uh, an entertainer, right? Like you have like this keyboard, you press one key on the left side, you get your A major, right? And mm -hmm. then you, if you add a black key to the to the left of the note that you're on, you get a minor, right? Okay. You get a minor and stuff like that. And and so it was like the system where you could only use two fingers and you could get like a band in a box, right? right. And and right. so so um, my parents signed me up for. Like what it was called, like a keyboard course, which was actually actually for that kind of instrument. So so I had these. Um, Did these you go books. somewhere, or was it? It was books. Uh, no, I had to, I I went I went to a teacher, and but it was was very basic. It was just like okay, yeah, you hold the C here and you play the the melody. That so it was just a melody with with chord symbols. Right. Right. So, and that's, that's what it did for a while. Like, but you know, what's cool about that now that I'm thinking about it in a way it's, um, it's, a um, it's a more immediate way to play around with harmony because you don't have to, you're, you're, you don't have to worry about all the, the fiddly fingers and whatnot, you know, it's like, okay, what is the, you know, what are these two sound? Okay. What are these two sound like? What are these two sound like? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, the interesting thing about this uh, keyboard was that 
uh, you could put it, that was like the, I can't remember what it was called, the one finger mode or something. And then they had the fingered mode where you could actually play the real triad. And, you know, and that, and then already, like I never played the real triad. I tried on, okay, what happens if I, <laughs> if I, right. if I, I have an so. F minor and I turn the F to a G and what happens? Like, how does this thing interpret what I'm doing here? Right. And uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I, I agree. So it was probably also uh, like kind of like almost forcing me to be very aware of harmony and, you know, yeah, because when you and when I think about it now, when you're when you're trying to get a sense of the chords, you're the first thing you've got to do is memorize what are the right notes to play. Yeah, and the, and the you know the shapes or whatever, just to just to be able to. I mean, of course, you could just go wild and play around, but that's not the same thing as having kind of a half restraint where the where the, where the tonalities are defined and you can kind of combine them. And, you know, the interesting thing is that I, I, I think that even though there was this one-handed, one-finger thing there, I was always aware of what it meant somehow, that mm. it's a chord. It's more than one note, right? Mm. And then, like, triads come, come so easily on a keyboard instrument, right? Mm -hmm. It's every, every other key, you could say, right? So, um, and that's why I think... Um, I was already, and I, probably going back to the to the you know learning to play that xylophone, just one note, and then you know, so I became very aware of the spacing and the, the individual sound of each note, and um, yeah. So at that point, I had already been, I was already kind of um, the the kind of language of harmony was already accessible somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. I wonder, you know, I wonder how much. Um... Because you're just open and you don't have any. Like once I started learning, you I kind of like oh I know that so you're not you know but because you're so you're at an age where you're just so open you're just absorbing the shit like. That's yeah, you, you know it's it's just I'm just trying to remember but I think it I must have been like say between eleven and fourteen let's say right or thirteen. And these books have just had sort of like like uh, the, the 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 biggest hits in the world, right? So that kind of like like you so were saying, let's, like let's let's, let's let's have something. Well, it yeah. was like uh, raindrops, right? Keep falling on okay. my head, like it was like something like that, or, <laughs> or like some some Russian folk melodies, like some things that we kind of know, like a tico taco, like that that kind of uh, you know Latin stuff, and like all this all these tunes and also classical pieces. Um, but, but like, but, but and when you say classical, you're talking about like like Swan Lake kind of a thing, right? Yeah, or something like, like really that, or, or or really, really something like Fuelisa or something. Okay, like right. So, right. so you know, like really pop, popular pop music, right? But from right. from all sorts of countries and cultures, and and since it was always just the chord symbol and the melody, somehow it really maybe even helped to kind of like make the connection. So, yeah. so yeah. like, and I remember can't remember which piece it was now, but then it, it started in C major. The second chord was an E major seven, right? So, and back then I already understood, okay, that's not the white key. So what's going on? And right. so, 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 uh, so, and, and then it went, goes to a minor, obviously. Right. So it's like, <laughs> it, it's, it's that kind of, um, it was always interesting to, to play these pieces and be inspired by the chord sequences that mm -hmm. are, you know, and, and I, I mean, to be quite honest, up until, uh, I don't know, that 
that era of the 80s, like the pop music was still sophisticated or there was room for sophisticated pop music and quite a few world yeah. hits actually are quite sophisticated. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I always wonder, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but it seems like, well, there's kind of the, uh, um, I mean, there's obviously some people who, um, they must have been keyboard players and, and like had discovered some of this. And then there was kind of that punk rock element. I feel like we're like, let's just try this. Okay. That, no, let's try. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's weird. I like that. You know, and the, the, the ethos still was, um, uh, that harmony meant something unlike, unlike today to be, you know, yes, yes. Um, that and there was, that was, that was part of the story. Like you had to be going somewhere. Exactly. And that's why the um, the pop music of the mid 80s was so interesting, because as you say, it, it was the, the punk kind of like people that came from that school, let's say, right, and then trying out, okay, just what happens if I just move, you know, things in parallel on the keyboard, which like, you know, like in a classical context, it's not allowed, right? Right, right. So but you would start doing that. And then then these these interesting uh, um, chord changes. You know, like I remember, I mean, there are quite a few even like on, on the earlier on like uh, construction time again, or like Depeche Mode, like those like already great, but then um, music for the masses, which I think was in 86, like behind the wheel. And like, uh, I don't know if you know these songs, but it's, it's awesome. It's like all these, these chords, which, are, you know, like each chord is in a new key. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and for some reason, because I had already had my hands on a on a keyboard instrument, it was always like interesting. See, okay, what do they do? Like, how did they? Do? And and basically, I started transcribing at that age. So it kind of opened. It it, it 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 opened up. I mean, you already were open to it, but it you were able to you were able to open it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And once I started sort of like approaching things as an uh, transcription mode, right? So I was interested in. And you know, here's something something really really cool. Like uh, because of that first show, I'm a big Mike Oldfield fan still, right? And for some reason, I I did not really look closely at. I, I would. It took me a long time until I allowed myself to analyze what he was doing. Oh, yeah. Interestingly enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, but, you know, I don't know if you have you 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 probably have this experience less than me, but sometimes the the sometimes the magic can slip away a little bit and i don't mean that like don't analyze mm-hmm. i mean i think you you can go through that and come out the other side but um the thing that always surprised me when i when i when I analyzed some music i would find that oh there's not really as much there as i thought there was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah which is cool you know and it's actually that's that's a great lesson actually because then yeah. when you realize that the magic is is not about a specific ingredient or not even a specific combination. It's it's yeah. sort of like also the air in which these elements yeah. live, right? So it's uh, yeah. It's sometimes not though. Sometimes it really is the architecture of the piece, you know. And that's a cool thing. That's a cool thing to figure it, out. I mean, it, it is all for sure because it's just it's just like uh, like background and foreground in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. And in a way, like, as you say, so even something where there's nothing much there, like, for example, here, this is a good one. Um, uh, Satisfaction, Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. Okay. Famous riff. So it's, it's B, F sharp, D, right? So, and then 
like when you listen to the bass, the bass part goes, I can't remember exactly. No, it's just uh, just E, 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 F sharp, no, F sharp, G, A, A, da, da, da. So, so the, the D uh, of the right, riff right, right, is right. on an A, actually. So it's a fourth. Yeah. It's ridiculous, you know, like, but all of these things, they were, they were super exciting to me just to figure this out and say, well, this is wrong. Like nobody would really write that unless it's two, two drunk guys in a room playing riffs and, you know, something like that happens. Right. right. I mean, you could say, you could say they just, uh, they just stumbled their way in, but the thing is they decided that that's, they heard it and they yes. decided that they liked it. Yes. Yes. Right? Or, or they didn't hear it. Which is right. kind of like something that I, I think also happens in musical history, especially when bands play together. Like uh, there's like these these interesting. Uh, here's, here's here's an amazing example. Maybe I mentioned it to you. It's uh, that's the way I like it. Casey and the Sunshine Band, mm-hmm. right? It's that the fir- the first it's in C minor, and the, the 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 bass player plays C B natural. Oh yeah, on the one. Yeah. At a, <laughs> it's 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 fucking amazing it's such a huge hit and it's disco and like it's 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 positive right and and has this 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 incredible flavor and, and this is kind of like what excites me so much about music and you music you, music. you really couldn't think i don't think you could think that up no. you know that doesn't that doesn't make sense it's funny you're making me think not not as good of an example but i do now remember uh from the 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 white album Mm-hmm. when my drummer buddy and I, John, decided we wanted to play um, the song Birthday. Mm-hmm. We had not noticed, even though we listened to the record for years, that the guitar goes, and then then it, then there's a break, but the bass keeps going. <laughs> we thought, holy shit, do you hear that? Mm-hmm. That one, and also uh, in the song LaGrange, uh, ZZ Top. When we learned that, John was like, wait, listen to what the bass player is doing. He's just going. He's not playing the riff. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly uh, kind of what I mean. Like the ear opening up to hearing uh, individual parts, but you know, you need to know. I, being you know uh you're european and uh sort of like um on tv we had shows we had like the something like the uh the leonard bernstein stuff i guess it would probably even was the leonard bernstein stuff that i saw mm. as a kid even right and mm. um and so like i had already i already had an idea what the instruments of the orchestra sound like Maybe because it was part of that very first course in music that I took, right? But so also, it, was, it would have been it, it. It would be in the air. It would be in the air, but but I'm sure that I, I can't remember like uh, elementary school, which is like in Germany, it's the first four years of school. Um, is uh, I can't remember. I I I don't do not remember. I can't even imagine we had music uh, classes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the um, it's it's gymnasium, so it's sort of like a high school. So it's the the second part of your, um, which is uh, how many years? Seven years, I think. Yeah, seven years. Right. right. So we because we use I I was in school for thirteen years. Right. Uh, well, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so did they have orchestra and stuff there? Or? 
Yeah. Um, if for some reason, you know, this, this is kind of like interesting as well. Um, so like what I wanted to say is, so I already, I was already able to distinguish between the sounds of strings and maybe what a horn sounded like. I already knew that somehow. Right. And then when it extended to, to rock music or produced uh, popular music, I was also already able to pick out like the harp or uh, like Andreas Wollenweider, it's like, I don't know if you know that guy, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that was kind of like part of what my uncle played me, like that was like in his record collection, right? And, and I remember uh, John Miles' music. Like I remember when my uncle came, came home with the seven inch that he, he'd driven like two hours to buy that seven inch and we put it on and was, um, it's, it's basically a rock band with a symphony orchestra. Okay. It's, it's, it's a cool song. It's called music. You should check it out. And, and so, so like, so it was, it was in the air, but I had this, this, um, this experience um, uh, with being educated somehow. Yeah. And, and then um, like, as you were saying, this example that let's suddenly you start realizing, oh, actually, okay, the riff stops, but now I'm actually hearing the bass, but the bass was there all the time. But yeah. somehow your 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 conscious didn't consciousness didn't go there, right? For yeah. some reason, and yeah. and I remember um, it was maybe '86. I bought my first CD, which was which was Mike Oldfield Incantations, incredible incredible piece. Um, and like it was my first CD. I didn't have a CD player, but our neighbor had a CD player. <laughs> so and he, and he he copied. Um, the CD onto a tape for me, and I had a Walkman, and I was was in bed and um, was listening to it, and basically analyzing the music as I was listening. So, so, but not just not just kind of like because I didn't really understand the pitch structures at that point. I was twelve or something, right, or thirteen. Um, but um, what I was doing, I was listening to the mix. Mm -hmm. So sort of like okay, I already realized okay, there's a guitar here, and you these can are hear the sounds. These are the hear, sounds. You, but you can. I was already aware of okay, there's a delay, which is like the guitar is on the right channel, but the delay is on the left channel, stuff mm -hmm. like that. And then because um, you know, with that album, not so much, but but with later albums, like like maybe like yeah, same time. So mid '80s, there were already um, uh, analog desks that had automation. Right, mm -hmm. like with with computers, so you could do, you could Those, do more sophisticated yeah. mix. Yeah, so that's when I when I listened to also uh, like it was mostly the Oldfield albums, right? So there's one called Islands, which has a 25 minute piece on one side, and and it's an incredibly detailed mix. Like everything's moving all the time, like in a way that was only possible because of that because of the technology that became available. And, but you know that would have been just the flying faders, right? He would have had to have done. Was it SSL happening already by then, or did you have to do? Uh, did you I, have to I, do like the sends and the EQ on on the fly and man, to, manually? To, to be honest, I really don't know because I was yeah. really too young. Um, but it was a Harrison desk, I think I oh. remember. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, <laughs> so, I can remember doing some records uh, on at that time, and you, you, if you got flying faders, you were like happy, but, but if you want to pan something that you got to have people all over the desk. So he might've, 
or or, or mix to the sections maybe as well and yeah, or, or, you're, or you're, you're clever and you're you're actually having you have stereo signals on two faders oh you see that yeah. that way you can do that or maybe maybe it was actually um uh actually the the, the panning could have been recorded right you know what i mean like so right. that you actually as you record it you're 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 doing that and certainly with um but it must have taken him forever yeah, but there's there's an album called Crisis Oldfield, like his tenth uh, tenth anniversary uh, anniversary album, and there is like a lot of Fairlight and Oberheim sequence oh, stuff, okay. and right. and and it was like the first time that I heard these. Uh, well, now I know it's delays and reverb, uh, right? But like this really spacious and where where it was ping pong delays, but they were kind of like done in such a way that it felt like things were circling mm. you know like doing this kind of movement mm -hmm. um but well but anyway like what i'm trying to say is that like even before i really understood what was happening like harmonically melodically and before i was getting into analyzing music on that level i was listening to the production mm. funnily mm. enough yeah. right? so um it's you know it's, which is which is that's orchestration that's what you would have been doing 100 years ago right yes yeah 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 yeah. So and and that 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 was then like my not my new fascination, but an additional fascination. Like people, what you know, because I could, it, it was almost like you could follow these elements. You know, like I had never this uh, this image that, uh, like some people do, that you know, like uh, a certain element is like a character in a story or something. Like I never went there. For me, it's always like it's super concrete. Like the music, music is super concrete. There's nothing nothing uh, magical in it and as in uh that there is a uh an imagined world that i kind of like put on top of it right mm -hmm. so there's there's so much in the, the factual sounds already that uh that fascinated me right uh, but maybe also also i'm not not a very um imaginative guy you know? <laughs> <laughs> your head might blow open yeah. yeah but but you know that was that was like that was the time also of like howard jones and uh nick Carshaw and like these these cool and great songwriters who Ooh, i don't know if i told you uh Katsi and i went to go see did, did i tell you we went to see howard jones like no a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago because nick uh Beggs was playing with them he's yeah. like yeah we're doing this acoustic show I was like, I wonder if Michael would like to go. And Michael's like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan. And, mm -hmm. and you know, my expectation was pretty low. Mm -hmm. It was freaking amazing. It was yeah. so musical. And it was mostly him just solo piano. Mm -hmm. No, not a, not a synthesizer anywhere. And Nick, uh, there might have been a third guy. But uh, it was unbelievably musical. Unbelievably fantastic. And he was a great keyboard player and a great singer. And he did... Um, he did a Beach Boys tune that was freaking amazing. And he kind of, he did a little analysis before <laughs> about the chord changes and stuff. It was great. It, you see, that doesn't surprise me because really it's that, that, that kind of vibe that his music. Yeah, he, he totally had what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's, let's, uh, let's, uh, you know, let's go to this key. Let's go to, let's see if, can I get there? Can I get to this key? Yeah, I can make it work. Yeah. I'll sing. I'll sing a melody, and I'll go to the bridge and do that. It was, yeah. And like a big, big classic is uh, obviously um, um, uh, "Tis for Fears." 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, and so all that music and like, I could probably list like another 20, 30 artists there. It was all very inspiring. Yeah. And, and so, and then you, then, but, but when you switched to guitar, when you started playing guitar, did you just like switch? Did you have to, was that weird for you after the mandolin or was it just another thing and no big deal? Um, I can't remember exactly, but I, it, my um, mandolin teacher, he must have stopped teaching already. So I don't think I was having lessons with him up until I went to the, have guitar lessons. But I can't remember now. But okay, the story went like this. I had a, a friend um, at school, an Indian guy, George, uh, like real India, right? And uh, um, and the, he he lived like two houses, you know, like like one minute walk, walking, right? And um, his parents were also both in, uh, just like my mother, in uh, working in a hospital. I guess, uh, assistants or nurses or whatever. I can't remember now what they did, but, um, so I was, I was a friend of the family and, and George is, was a genius, musical genius. And we both, we were, we were listening to music a lot and he had, he had, uh, he was a guitarist, so he had a classical guitar. And so I was already, already kind of playing around on it there. And somehow it must have inspired me so much to say, okay, I'd like to have guitar lessons. And, and then there was this, this young, you know, like I was, as I said, I was already in the guitar orchestra. So I was in touch with the people that are. Oh, you were doing a lessons. random thing. Yeah. 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 And, and um, I remember like the, the one, the, there are a couple of pieces that I remember that I really enjoyed a lot. There was um, Asturias, the uh, Albanese kind of, uh, the, which is a beautiful piece that we played with a, a guitar orchestra and but i was on mandolin and then there was um um some vivaldi mm. uh, which was like a mandolin concerto or something which like i didn't i was not playing the the solo part like a mm. um a lady was a girl <laughs> and uh and um i loved that too that kind of like that intricate style sort of, but that was at the same, it was somewhere, somewhere between classical and Baroque in mm -hmm. terms of how it works, functions, mm -hmm. right? And I, I enjoyed that a lot. And then yeah, some, somehow I was like, at that point I was like totally kind of like, yeah, into music and was the only thing that I was interested in, like school. Oh, and and you could, I mean, you could read pretty well, right? Were you sight reading this stuff? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but and like was it, not, was it probably like it was probably like single parts, right? Yeah, it was all single parts because yeah. of, of the orchestra. How big was yeah. how big was it? Maybe fourteen people, fifteen people, okay. something right. like that. So so pretty pretty big, good good sound. And actually, did you guys uh, have a mando cello? Um, I'm trying to remember, but I don't think we did. I think we had yeah. just um, classical guitars and mandolins, wow. and uh, and you know, like the the mandolin with the the round. Yeah. God, yeah, and I, I still have mine at my parents' place. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, so I, then I, I uh, had my first guitar lesson, and I always re will remember because it was my birthday. So it was my birthday in '87, and uh, the teacher uh, Eddie, um, I, uh, real name Edgar, <laughs> mm -hmm. but Eddie they called him Eddie, and he he was he's young. I don't know. He must be maybe less than ten years older than me. 
So like your age or even less, I can, you know, and he was, he was really, um, um, he knew, he knew King Crimson and like, he knew all these, I, well, at that point I didn't know King Crimson, but I later found out as well. So he was also into jazz, like Schofield and, and, you know, right. so that's why, like, even like at 15, you know, then I got into in contact with what was then contemporary jazz. Mm. Um, not that I really, that I um, fell in love with it. Um, but at least like the names were around and right. kind of knew about that that kind of music uh, from that point on. And actually, some somebody important that I've forgotten to mention. Um, so um, so this original keyboard teacher I had, who was really just a keyboard teacher, and he was not a classically well. I don't know how if he was trained or not, but he was just teaching this simple style, right? But then um, uh, he kind of like because it was he had a music store and in the back of the music store they had the room where they were teaching so it was both a school and a music store and so that's also how i got in touch with like trying out a dx7 and uh, uh cz1 like casio casio kind of stuff synthesizers early stuff that i uh, experienced there but like at some point he uh, he had students there that were teaching and so one of my uh, teachers was a student from i think he well he was uh he was actually a recorder he was studying recorder at uh university of münster or Osnabrück or something there and and um he was great and he was also a pianist and so mm -hmm. when so when i had lessons with him he had me uh play like the two-part inventions and mm -hmm. and he gave me composition assignments and oh, awesome and and like actually like an album of mine from uh like three four years ago it's actually based on an assignment he gave me when I was fourteen. Right? Oh, nice. <laughs> what, so did you did you did you like redo the assignment now, or did you have the music that you made back? I, then? I, had, I had the music all the the time it was in my in my head, like these melodies, right? So you you just took that and made something. Yeah, I just had yeah. you know I had to wait for the right time for <laughs> for that melody to fly. I'd say right and. Uh, yeah, so so he was important, Ulrich, um, and he actually lives in Berlin now. And I actually met him a couple of times, like five six years ago, and we were going going to um, also play together. But then I I didn't follow up on that because I was too uh, um, burned out. But, um, but anyway, he's he's here. He's it's amazing. He was like uh, I don't know. Uh, well, he's like over two meters tall, like two meters twenty or something like like this much taller than I am. <laughs> Incredible guy. Wow. And very important. He was he was the guy who mentioned King Crimson to me. Mm. And he made me a tape, like a mixtape, which only had two songs on it. And it was uh, Heart of the Sunrise, yes, mm -hmm. on one side. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, David Torn, Cloud About Mercury, like the Snapping the Hollow Reed, the, the first track of that, of that mm -hmm. album on mm -hmm. the other side. And it totally blew my mind. And I, I mm -hmm. think like the, the yes thing, at that point already sounded pretty old to me mm. sonically but then mm. uh, then the, the composition was awesome i liked it a lot but on the other side the david, the david torn with uh with bruford with uh simmons drums and tony levin on stick and so like it was it was awesome and so that was he was very important for me and that was even before i had my first guitar lesson mm. right? wow wow yeah. so you were pretty corrupted early on yes and then you know then the guitar lessons were mostly um based on the classical literature like i can't remember any specific piece like the leo brauer stuff the mm -hmm. etudes which probably you know right? mm -hmm. um that's great stuff and uh 
and 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 some of the Fernando Sor uh, things. So all the all the 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 usual stuff. So nothing special really ever. I remember. Right. But but not easy to just not easy to play that shit. I mean, not easy. Like the like conceptually, I, I was under, I was understanding all that. Like yeah. it was just that. And and this is this, I'm totally honest about this. I just didn't have the concept of practice thing. You know, like I didn't I didn't understand. Mm. It was it was not like I, or you could say I didn't. There was nobody that who motivated me to actually practice. Mm. And and now looking back, like and it's maybe that it was the same in in in, in regular in regular school is that maybe I was just very gifted somehow. Mm. that like things came to me easily and i didn't like so so people didn't really have to teach me like the teachers didn't have to teach me because i already i was very quick at picking things up and right. some, somehow i never i never acquired the the skill of doing my homework of of having the experience that working would would bring me to the next stage let's say like, well, so don't, I mean, don't, don't you think maybe that's just because you, you have to hit some kind of a wall or, or somebody has to tell you this is the way you do it? What's the other option? Yeah, it's, 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 it's probably, it's, it's true, but um, in hindsight, you know, but like just thinking about myself uh, in that position and just about like the other, well, I, I really like, I think what it really was is that, um, so for my my intellectual skills, let's say, they were on par or with like the the kids that were that had doctors and you know as because we had this this uh, almost like a class system in school. So I was like we had you know it was we have these letters assigned had you know A B C and I was in G, right? And there was nothing in between even like as as if our group of people was kind of like even like removed in the alphabet from the others, really crazy. Um, and, and um, so in my school, there were um, like maybe three people who were actually German. And then we had Spanish, Italian, Turkish, Greek. Um, like it was, it was a complete, it was wonderful for me. Right. It was like, awesome. Like, and George, the Indian guy, you know, like mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was totally awesome. Like, I grew up not being afraid of other uh, you know, people with other skin colors or other languages or like that was just totally normal to me. But then, and this is something that I only realized actually 20 late, 20 years later um, when there was like a, a school reunion, when it actually occurred to me, oh, maybe we did have the bad teachers back then because, you know, like I mean, the you, other, you, the, you're, the, you're the, your group. Yes. And the other three groups, they, because like the first like A was all the uh, uh, children of doctors and the others were like lawyers and uh, uh, people with businesses or, you know, like it was, it really was like that. And so, and right. we were, we were the uh, working class kids and also the uh, foreigners, you know? So they, they gave you like the, the carpenter teacher. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. No. And, and, but then because, because as a kid, you kind of like, you always, uh, try to make the best out of everything because you don't know better. Yeah, right? you just you're just doing your thing. So and and like some of the teachers, they were nice enough, I guess, right? And but then like looking back, there were some there are some uh, teachers where I know that I have haven't learned a single thing from them. Mm -hmm. 
right? so they weren't they weren't like uh they were, i mean i made a joke about carpenter but they weren't like uh um like they didn't have they didn't have you do interesting strange things because they were interesting oh. and strange they were just not good teachers no they were just not good teachers or very young or very young teachers right? very young like right. i remember remember my english teacher um frau bröckelmann strange name and she she had uh like her english was worse than mine and i was 11. right <laughs> seriously like i was already watching like the a-team on uh British forces television, right? Like, right. I've read. It, it was, it was, it was really uh, interesting. But like, like I said, like at that point, I wasn't really, I wasn't aware of that. I couldn't have uh, uh, explained to you that the teachers are not delivering. I didn't have that concept because I was only, um, also because of maybe my 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 working class background, I wasn't even expected expecting to be uh, taken seriously or as, mm. as a personal value right so right. some somehow that is that is something that is still i still i still feel that sometimes right that i don't um think i'm worthy mm. know, it's it's it, it is that background right and also like like my my, my father's family they were fugitives right so they were in 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 uh, in camps and stuff when mm. my father was young like so he had, and he has uh, can remember now six or seven uh, siblings so mm -hmm. or it's a really really big family and like like for him it was a big deal like like to even have two potatoes rather than one to eat and stuff like that you know right. so so that's that's why like i was probably when when it came, comes to my education i was pretty humble mm. and didn't ask for anything right but, but but then like when i was like say 15 or something and um, when I got close to the last three years of school, which is uh, which is sort of like a, uh, it's like a, well, you could stop after ten years, right? Mm -hmm. And then you would have like like your degree A, right? But you could also have the degree to go to university, and mm -hmm. then maybe you would have to do the extra three years. And so I did that. And at that point, at the latest, I realized, okay, there were people who were who were into into theater. Mm. I had not, no, I had never heard of theater. I had no idea what that was. And then there were people who were, they were uh, in a in a in um, uh, a group of like a group of people that were doing a, a play in French mm. when they were like like sixteen, right? So and it was to me it was like I didn't have have much contact. But when so because these last three years meant that like everybody was basically together. So, together. the so so the A B C D E F G like was was no more, right? Mm -hmm. And and then so it was late. So like yeah, I was seven, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen when I when I actually saw other cultures, basically other educational cultures. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, these you know like this guys into poetry, amazing, right? And then there were guys who were actually into mathematics. Like like I had no I had no idea that you could actually be into that kind of thing and and so so my um so did you feel like you'd gotten left out at that point you know i still then i didn't i didn't understand that really um but i guess i was just fascinated in the in the way that i realized okay so i'm i'm into music right i love music and and so i'm i'm, I'm not the only one right mm. because in in my group uh, in my uh my class there were only um there was nobody well maybe one one friend who was also who also liked music but um i remember that i you know i was listening to music on my headphones and then some uh 
like this Italian guy, Luigi, a very funny guy. He came and he said to me, uh, are you listening to your symphonies again? <laughs> he said, <laughs> <"Sophie."> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, so, uh, Anyway, but you know, like the the, the other uh, important aspect is something that you know. There's, there's a lot I could tell you, but my parent, uh, my father had a really a life, you know, a very very bad accident. So he almost died when I was nine, mm. and it was around that time when I went to that very first music concert. So I think there is a relationship somewhere there, right? Yeah. Um, and so he almost died, and he was he was seriously ill for let me let me think just over 20 years wow as a result of that accident mm. right and um it was really unfortunate like he got he got um he stepped out of the car to pee and a drunk guy mis mistook the uh the headlights that my father had left on as where the road is or something oh, and it drove shit. into him yeah wow so wow. um so it was like the, the 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 right side of my father's body was smashed broken and and like they had to remove like um uh, uh some organs yeah some or yeah the some part of the uh what is it called come on the intest intestines intestines yeah, intestines, yeah, yeah. yeah. they had yeah. to remove a few meters of intestines and stuff like that and so that was uh, that was bad enough right but then um, in the process of being there, he also has, uh, got a blood uh, transfusion, which was bad. It was hepatitis mm. C. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, and that was that what he then struggled with for 20 years. And he was actually one of the first people who was virus free um, because, like, he was into this, into these studies. Um, he was part of these studies where they were testing drugs, right? And it was mm. some sort of chemo. But the thing is that because like he was part of a study, he didn't know even if he was getting the oh the uh, placebo the, or not. the placebo or yeah. So it was was quite quite a crazy time. And it uh, turned out he wasn't getting the placebo. He was getting the, he wasn't he was getting the the real thing. And I mean, like it was obvious because you could see that he had real trouble. He was like sweating and he had like a fever all the time and and stuff like that. So he had like real reactions to the. It was almost it's what like like chemo really. It was like a combination of. Was burning box and it was yeah. yeah and it was a new kind of drug that they had just uh, discovered i can't remember its name now but um and so like it was in the and, early and it worked. in the early 2000s like once per year he had, he had to go to uh um to a hospital where they took a like they probed they they took a piece of his liver out right and then analyzed it is there is there any uh are is the virus still active or is it still there and so, like in like early two thousand, it was like the first time they said no, it's gone. So wow. it, it worked, yeah. And wow. it was it was crazy because then for for a few years, you know, my father was already gray then. So, but when when he got the uh, uh, the note that said you're virus free, his hair got uh, color again for a few you're years. Kidding. I'm not kidding. Wow. Wow. It, was, it was incredible. And so it was pro maybe it was just like psychological. Really? That could be, could be right, or that um, in fact the that the, the virus was gone. His body regenerated for a few years, right, right. right? And because he's a redhead, my father's a redhead. Oh shit! Yeah. So really, but 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 like the good kind, like <laughs> like really really dark dark thick thick hair and like right right very healthy kind of like uh, um, person, you know. Uh, I mean, other than the accident and stuff. Right. 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 So. Right. Um, 
Wow. So that, that was fascinating. So all of that is connected kind of like with, um, because that's like at nine or at 10, that's the, the, the start of the second phase of schooling where you change, you go to another school and right. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, um, so from that, kind point, of, you're kind of going out into the world a bit more. Yes. And the thing was that since my father was in hospitals for a few years, literally, right. Like, um, uh, my mother had to go work so my mother started working then and i i was um spending time with my grandmother my grandmother became my my became my parents mm. right and um i had a, a young brother who was just uh one or two years old at that time so every every bit of energy that my parents had kind of like went to my little brother which totally understandable like you know i did you know it's and so but that meant that i was becoming uh uh i had i was forced to become an adult almost at the age of 10 right because of the situation so and my, my grandmother was great and she was like more she she had more of a sense of the arts and she was she was a music fan she loved uh she loved bruce springsteen and yeah. and uh um john farnham and uh, uh christa berg mm -hmm. like it was <laughs> was was awesome weirdly um, we used to listen to christa berg like my stoner friends and i used to listen to christa berg yeah. i don't even understand how we did that but we did but it's it's, it's just great music i mean yeah, yeah. simple as that but you know like um so so i was you know so all of these things came together that first big rock concert i saw with that impressive music, impressive musicianship on stage. Um, me being sort of like alone, not having my parents around. Um, my grandmother being very supportive, but not really asking me to do anything. Like I didn't have to help her in the household or whatever. So I was totally that's free. Space. Yeah. I had space and time to do whatever I wanted. And and that's like where my, my head um, uh, developed as like an independent um, crazy artist who could do whatever he wanted right and and that was also the time when i didn't never connected with much with people at school because like they just didn't understand that i wanted to i already knew that i wanted to um become a musician somehow right or work with music and so i remember situations where when i when they asked me like do you want to go out with us tonight to play pool and i i knew what that meant i mean yeah they were going to play pool but they would tried to smoke and tried to drink. I just wasn't interested because I knew like, I would like to spend this time uh, on. Listen you know, to your like, symphonies. Yeah. Listen to my symphonies or, or even, or even like that was also the time when I got my first computer, you know, like I, I had a, went to um, a programming course, which was uh, the programming language basic, which I learned back then. And I had like, this this really old computer with like a screen like this size like like my like my phone right and, <laughs> and uh, then there was the Atari ST um, which I think I probably got in the first or second year of its existence so probably in eighty six or something and and so I was interested in that kind of thing like sort of uh, diving into my own world kind of like um, and you know like the this this architecture thing about music that you mentioned. Uh, it's also very much like working with computers or computer language. Mm, mm, mm. And so, yeah. 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 And when I talk to, uh, 
Um, well, I, I was going to say mathematics. Yeah, but sometimes I, when I when I talk to people who are really into mathematics, it's almost the opposite. It's like it's the um, the numbers are on the top, and then there's this other mystery underneath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Well, so so, but then you you went on to study more music, or what? 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 It, or not? Or what did that look like? What happened after that? Okay, so the the last three years of school uh, were the ones where I had my first great great teacher, and he was an actual. Well, the, the story. Well, at, anyway, so there weren't enough people in one school for this course to happen. So what they did is they took people from four or five schools oh awesome and all three years to have a group of 11 people together wow. right and that was this course so it was super intense just like like i said like maybe 11 people in the in the class and there was um the teacher was an absolute genius composer music analyzer music theory buff and he was a, uh, he was his teacher was uh harald gensma who was uh, a student of Hindemith. Okay. So, so that's why I'm like, you know, just, uh, at some point I realized, well, that's my lineage actually. Like, yeah. And so it's, and, and anyway, so he was great. And I remember that the first grade he gave me was horrendous, like a horrible grade, like, <laughs> like the worst. Right. But he, he, he was, he was a great teacher because he actually motivated me. He, he explained to you. He, he showed me Marcus, I'm sure you can do it, but not like this. Right. So he, it was the, maybe the best teacher I've ever met in my life, right? And it was only two and a half years, really, together. But in these two and a half years, because it was like two semesters per year, right? And so it's five semesters total. So what he did, we did all five um, uh, epochs of of music. So starting with, I can't remember now where we started, because this cycle started in a different place, because it was all the people of three, you know, mm. three mm. years into one class. So, but... We had uh, early music, we had Baroque, we had uh, classical, we had Romanticism, and we had new music. Wow. So it was on, and so half a year on each of these subjects. Wow. And the way that he taught it was amazing because we started out with reading philosophers and history books from that era. So like, like, you know, he was, okay, because he was all about, okay, what are these, what are the, what is the, the worldview of these people? Like what kind, what did they understand? What did they like? What, what was, what was uh, driving them somehow, right? And, so, and then we started listening to music and like every other week we had to analyze a piece of music and there were actual tests, like three or four hour tests where they gave us a piece of music and like, okay, analyze this piece of music. And you had to write, in writing, you had to analyze a piece of music and... Oh. It was absolutely fascinating, and like we like also we went um, to the opera together. So that's where I saw uh, Wozzeck, for example, with right. you know, and and uh, um, was this in Cologne or no? Well, this well, this is in in Western Germany, yes. Okay, yeah, okay. but it's but it's a relatively small city, like seventy thousand people. So it was really, I was really lucky that that even existed there. But how, it was. How? It was did you guys meet like every week or or it was or? it was um it was two afternoons it was uh tuesdays okay. and thursdays okay so it was it was five hours i think it was five hours per week so um so it was regular at least it's, it was regular and yeah. 
And I remember, and this is funny because I only remembered that yesterday. Um, I'd completely forgotten about that. There was actually also a practical music part of this, which was at the end of the Thursday uh, class in the afternoon. And there was like 45 minutes of, of band practice. And I remember that was like, we could, there was, uh, there were oh, two you guys. Yeah, it, you know, it's super crazy. Like we played um, So What, or like it was like jazz standards. Like that we that we did. Like uh, I think with it was, the same guy. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Like yeah. like like. But but he well, I I don't think he was so much into that music. But he actually just you know that was like the open hour per week where where you could do what you wanted. And there was like a piano guy, there was a saxophone guy, drummer. I can't remember now. And I, I guess I can't even remember where I played. Probably the bass. Hmm. I I do not remember. It's it's really funny. But but it was really like amazing, and so now it now comes the very important story. So the um, the teacher Karl Heinz, right? He was he was um, uh, retiring. So I was I think I was in the, the last year that he was actually there. So there was like a small party where he invited former students, and you know, and I was sitting next to him. And uh, he was talking to me. And he was, it's always like the first time that he talked to me privately. Like oh. he was just like this straight, like this classic kind of like teacher guy, right? Um, no, no personal thing whatsoever, right? But then sitting there and he's, he said um, something to me, Marcus, do not go and study music. Be, be the composer, he said. Be the, be the composer that you are. Um, mm. because and then he was he was almost cr not crying but you could see like he was tearing up a little bit because I didn't, I didn't I didn't do that so I didn't so, do that and, and so what was your what was your takeaway on that what was what, what do you think he was well I didn't I did not apply to conservatory I yeah. did not I simply, you were going to you were going was, to yeah 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 and it was it was amazing because like like he was really he said that like because he was such an amazing person amazing teacher like really the best of the best i would say like you know but he said even though he was so great at what he was doing he said he regrets that he did not write the music that he was supposed to write so, and and that was it was it was kind of shocking and, you know it was at the same time that i went to my first level course uh, level one course oh, right oh. so and so there were two guys robert and karl heinz said marcus don't go study music yeah. you know yeah. do something else and if you are you know the professional musician you're going to do it anyway and that's, right. that's, so how, that's how it turned out so you think he was he was kind of warning you against um i mean essentially going into a teaching profession yes yeah yeah because yeah. that's what that's what you come out as really right most most of the time that's where people end up right yeah yeah, yeah. And it's it's kind of it's kind of a sad thing, right? If you if you think about that, like even most of the teachers that I had were actually sort of probably frustrated in a way. Right, right. Well, the sad part is, I mean, there's a lot of sad parts, but one of them is um, how does it get transmitted if there aren't teachers? That's that's the point exactly. You know, but but then. How does that, what, why does that, um, why does that potentially destroy something? 
And it doesn't always, it doesn't always, you know, there are teachers that are, there's people who can share their information without being just teachers, but um, it does, it's tough. When it was still up in the air that I was um, uh, apply for conservatory, um, you know, there were like ear training classes that I didn't go to for some reason. And I did not, I did not go to those uh, classes, but um, while you were in, while you were in high school or, or yeah, but though, you know, the funny thing is those were in music school, but so that was the other side. That was where I had the, the guitar lessons. Right. So that, right. that, that was where the ear training uh, happened, but I yeah. didn't go there, but I knew I would have needed that in order to apply for a conservatory. So I already kind of like maybe wasn't a hundred percent into it. So, I but see. then, then there was the other thing that I would have had to uh, have a second instrument. Right. So in second, even though I already play guitar and or a real keyboard, instrument, not yeah, just a guitar. Yeah, exactly. So, so I actually uh, uh, went signed up for uh, saxophone, and I went to see the saxophone player for a few lessons. And he was the guy, even though kind of like you know his and you, this is amazing, like the the uh, saxophone quartet that he led at the music school was called Blue Job, right? Not a joke, right? So, uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, like, so, so he, I play, I remember I played in neurotica or like one of like, because I was, that was the time when I was into that, that, that music, that track. And like the only comment he made was like, oh, the drummer doesn't groove. I think I mentioned that already. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was saying about jazz musicians in, in crimson. Yeah. 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 It was, it was funny because, uh, I mean, it was funny, but I have, at that point I was already like saying, okay this guy won't be able to teach me anything. Right. I knew it because like, I don't need somebody to talk about music like that. Mm. That's, it's, that, that's obvious or it doesn't matter. You know, that's not about the music. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. about you and I need to learn about music and not about you. And that's why meeting Robert at that time was really so important. Mm. And you know, the funny, funny thing is like, if I look back at my relationship with Robert, I think it was only, I mean, you have to say only, a couple of days with him and and he had already transferred everything to me mm. like i knew it i didn't i didn't have to go write him emails or meet him often or like it was just like okay i get it like here's my my curriculum you have basically delivered it to me in a you know in a few a couple talks basically right mm -hmm. and and then i went um with that you know mm -hmm. and, and and just a year later um I contacted you about your stick. What, where, was your, where was the, your first guitar crap course? It must have been in it Europe. In, right? It was in Switzerland. Yeah, it was um, in 91, Switzerland. Yeah, and it was then, I I, I think then maybe... I wasn't there, was I? No, 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 no. You okay, were it was the other one. Okay, yeah. It was it was uh, uh, Anand who, um, who then mentioned to me that uh, I should... Well, he probably gave me your address. And I wrote to you and, you know, that's, that's how that happened. Right, so like, right. so a, a lot happened in those. And, you know, there's like one thing, um, uh, which is probably also important. There were in my, in my school school, uh, there was a band um, called Oriental Foot Love. And uh, you can't do that these days. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and I, I felt excluded somehow. Um, because you weren't, you weren't. Because I wasn't in the band, but I thought I like, I, I, I 
you know. You should have been. Yeah, and and then for some reason, like I don't know, they had some lineup changes, and then I got into the band. And but there was only the bass player position. Okay, so okay, then I play bass, right? <laughs> and um, it was cool. Like I, I wrote um, actually for that, I wrote one song for that band um, called, called "Swimming in Tea," which I'm now playing with Stickman. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That's funny. <laughs> yes, yes, and. And and yeah, so so that was and it may, I mean it was an interesting, interesting experience overall. Like some crazy stuff. Also, um, I remember one funny one funny moment where like the, the the lead singer and guitarist, like we were playing something, and it was and he was like so happy and he was jumping around. And he had a um, a bottle of uh, orange juice in his hand, like a like a real glass bottle, and he started <laughs> tapping on the on the top of it, and then suddenly the <laughs> the bottom of the bottle kind of went out of it like it's like the whole room was full of orange juice like so it was that kind of like it was, it was good energy right? it was a good good band and right. but it was was in the house of somebody uh, of the second guitarist and it was always a little bit of a strange mood the mother was like a really 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 uh drinking a lot or mm. smoking and like and it turns out like i heard i don't know that um that lady actually died in bed because she set oh, the bed so on fire. Oh, great. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I, I, I don't know yeah. if it, but you know, so, and, and, you know, like, um, this is also interesting. We had a manager, Andreas, wow. we had a manager. So we played maybe, maybe three, four, five gigs in our career. Right. But, <laughs> um, but after one show where we actually made some money with like something like 2000, Deutschmark, which was a lot of money back then, he actually was, he, he couldn't be found for three weeks. <laughs> not a joke, not a joke. And he actually was in Amsterdam smoking <laughs> weed for three weeks. Not a joke. So that happened to me like with my very first band, you know. What, uh, how old were you? Yeah, 18, nice. nine, 17, 18. Welcome to the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we we also had recorded our first um, like demo tape um, in a studio, and it was like a four track Fostex uh, cassette kind of thing that we recorded on. With uh, it was recorded, um, you know, like one instrument at a time. I can't even remember how we did that. Like maybe it's possible that I played the bass first. And then the drums and like some crazy order, you know, like you know, right, right, wasn't right. the drummer playing first, right? <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. And and so like what you, you're saying, um, a question when you when you met Robert, was it more just him confirming stuff for you, or did you? No, not at all. I think I think he was the person who then finally uh, opened my eyes to the world of of practice. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I learned like, like the hard way, right? The craftsmanship. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was incredible. Like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't confirming anything because I didn't know, but, or let's, let's say it, it, it confirmed something that I knew maybe there, but I didn't know it was there. So you had to see it in, you saw it in action. Yes. Yeah. 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 And and it was um, I've, I've told this this story many times before, but like 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 most people in that course, they had such a 
such respect for Robert. And there was like, like really like, you remember like that, like sort of like a horrible kind of like silence and atmosphere and like fear, I would even say, but, but I don't think it was fear. It was more like, like this, um, uh, you know, like, like looking at your, at your idol kind of distance that, that was kind of like present there. And for me, that was absolutely uh, stupid, you know, like, not that I, would have said that because I also I also felt it you know I I wasn't I wasn't immune to that right but it was like the fir- very first night there on the on, it was a castle and I met Robert you know like as he was going to the to the toilet right and I but I didn't know and I asked him what are you doing here and he had his like his nightgown on which maybe you you've seen him in many times and I've only seen him once in that there and I said what are you doing and he said I'm going for a piss. And those were the very first words he ever said to me. And somehow, somehow, you know, that kind of like set set the relationship up for me, that it was something that wasn't so serious. And that was kind of like, okay, there's somebody who wants to do me something good rather than, you know. And so right. that's why when when I looked into his eyes, you know, there was I wasn't, you know, there was there was no no bullshit of, you know, like you're the master, I'm the student, you know. Like, right. That just wasn't there. You're just a guy who has to take a piss now. Yes, yeah, exactly. No, it was it was it was really good. And I remember the very first class with him, like with a with a pick, with a ovation, and kind of like like he, he said to me, "That's a good beginning." You know, that's what he said, you know. And and then I already asked him about the stick. Mm. It was in my very first personal meeting with him, and mm. he said that uh, well, obviously, you know, because you guys were already playing together he said that he likes it very much and that uh, you know if he were you know young he would like to also play it you know and right right. and uh in the same lesson i asked him about like uh, him being left-handed and playing the instrument right-handed and all this these things you know like some really the the most basic kind of pressing questions and topics i had and that's why i said you know maybe it was only only a few minutes of interaction with him that kind of like put me onto the right path somehow. Mm. And then obviously being in the circle and learning about circulation and like playing thrack, right. And stuff like that. Right. 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 Which was, which was super inspiring. What, how, how long before you started playing, playing the stick? It was, um, one and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. So you, were you, were you kind of, uh, were you working on the guitar with, with that method? Yeah. During that time. Yeah. Yes. But, but again, um, again, I wasn't because I had come from this, my own culture of not practicing. Mm-hmm. I had sort of like some idea of that, but then the guitar, the instrument was kind of like too close to what I was, what I was talented in somehow. Mm-hmm. So that's why receiving the stick from you was amazing because it didn't make sense at all. So that's when I, I really realized, okay, uh, I do have to, I, I really have to do it for real now, or I can, I could forget about it. Right. Yeah, and that, yeah. that's, so that was, that was that moment. And that was really the, one of the most important moments in my life, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's uh well, I have the same experience. It's like, Holy shit. This is amazing. Holy shit! What's involved in this? Yes. Oh, and all right, let's do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I still have like a, a calendar from that I printed out with my Atari ST. Like so, like um, 
a calendar where I, you know, I had like the hours that I practiced per day in that yeah. first year or something. Yeah. And it was, was, I mean, like when people say they practice six hours per day or nine hours per day, yes, maybe, but I was like to the second, right? So it was like three hours, but three hours meant like three hours, nonstop, actual, yeah. actual moving my fingers, you know? So, <laughs> uh, and I still have that calendar somewhere. Wow. It's, wow. Yeah. 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 So dude, we didn't get very far today. Oh no, it's good though. It's good though. Cause I, I, I really didn't know any of this. And what, what, so what, what, what's the, um, and maybe, you know, maybe this is another thing, but just give me a little bit. What's the, what's the Messian connection? Is it just musical or. It's, it's that, it's that, uh, teacher. Combined. Oh, same teacher. So yes. He, so he you like, on. like in the, in the, in the, in the new music, uh, half year like new music semester um like we uh, we sent it we uh, studied quite a few scores like Wozzeck was like the main score we studied and oh, we had like all the Hindemith we had the Ludus Tonalis so like I remember we had one test which was um like a three or four hour test where we we're supposed to analyze like this piano piece from Ludus Tonalis and the the funny thing is it's one where that kind of like goes backwards in the middle like so it starts it's just a mirror image and like so part of that test basically was like were you able to see that that was happening right in and was it because then you had only had to analyze the first half of oh, it then you actually only had half the work to do yeah, it was really amazing like it was that kind of teacher you know it's really really cool right, right. and right. and and messian was part of that um of that um curriculum then and um we we had we had we always listened to music like at least like once once or twice per week we listen to a work mm -hmm. right so it was really really intense I don't I, well right now I don't can't even imagine how he did all that in just five hours per week I am that's what I'm imagining you know but yeah um, but it was it was pretty amazing like and and Messiaen so um, um, but you know the funny thing is Messiaen for me goes a little further back actually. Because this um, piano, this student, this piano or recorder student that was teaching me for like a few months, um, uh, he uh, he actually made me a tape of um, uh, Messiaen organ organ works, oh, and shit. I remember because that was still the time when my when my parents and and family like we went to uh, Yugoslavia uh, for summer vacation. And I remember sitting in the car with my parents and my brother, like being like on this, uh, in a boat on the, uh, in the Mediterranean sea. And I was sitting there in, in the car with the pine trees, like with the light coming through the pine trees in the car. And I was listening in the car radio. I was listening to Messiaen. I still remember that. And what, what were they doing? I mean, what did they make of that? I don't know. Like, I think like for them, I was always a little bit strange, right? <laughs> <laughs> but somehow I, I i was i was capable of, of taking or finding that space right and i was a very good um a very good fighter against peer pressure mm -hmm. and i think that was that's really like back then it was my superpower yeah right? i mean it is a, it is a superpower as a, <laughs> as a teenager it's it's almost impossible yeah for, for me it was uh, very possible right? mm -hmm. yeah. 
And you know, the interesting thing is like there's there's obviously like lots of different uh, layers here, but also since I was basically a, a single, like not an orphan, but you know, like on my own since mm -hmm. I was like nine nine and a half years old, um, I um, like my first girlfriend I had when I was fourteen or something, right? And then with fifteen, I had my fifteen and a half. I had my first proper girlfriend and I, I you know was with her for like eight years just crazy but but there was like also this um like I haven't I basically left home when I was 10 years old or something mm -hmm. it's it's, it, it's really intense but uh, um for me it opened up so many doors and like I spent a lot of time at my girlfriend's place right and I remember only go only uh, driving home on with my bicycle to sleep so like at 10 at night, I would then ride home, like it was like 25 minutes or something and I went to bed. And then at six in the morning, I would get up and or 6.30. And at seven, I would then take my bike in and go to school. Right? And I was gone. Like, so that was, that was kind of uh, what I was like. Hmm. Yeah. And like, probably I can remember now, probably always uh, like with, uh, with the Walkman, you know, listen to music and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Trey, I, um, I, I, I gotta go, unfortunately. Okay. No, 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 no worries. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for this. this great, is, uh, great stories. Really interesting. Cool. Uh, all right. Uh, do, do we want to meet again at some point? Yeah, we do. Okay. <laughs> is, oh, can we do next week again? Um, I mean, email me or whatever. I, I'll email you. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Thanks. Talk, talk soon. Bye bye. Cheers.